You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles. It is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with yours truly, Nick Cattles. And of course, we're brought to you by Cuban Rounds, a handcrafted, all natural and affordably priced cigar that is Havana inspired through 12 practices. Greg, it's time to talk some Patriots here, getting ready for the first preseason game tomorrow against Washington. The biggest news of the week up to this point, Hunter Henry. He's injured. It's a shoulder out at least a couple of weeks. Your thoughts so far as far as the tight end goes? It's not great anytime you have a new guy, especially that you gave a lot of money to. Miss time uh, with the quarterback position up in the air. It's it's not good that he misses time. But look, I'll say this. Um, not the world's greatest blocker. So I don't know how much he was going to be asked to do that anyways. Would you worry about the shoulder? Uh, he could still... I expect him back in plenty of time for the season opener. He can still go down the field and be a seam threat, red zone threat. That's sort of what you're going to get out of Hunter Henry. You do worry about his uh, injury history, that this is just another injury on top of the list, a guy who's never played a full season in the NFL. Uh, So those are definite concerns. But uh, look, the timing of the injury was good. He'll be back in plenty of time. I don't expect him to miss much of a beat just because I I don't think he's going to be asked to do a whole lot of heavy lifting in this offense, given that he's a little bit limited as a blocker. He's more of a backside seam threat. So uh, not optimal, but um, not the end of the world. Yeah, the biggest concern is what you hit on, the history of injuries. And if this is just a continuance of it, it feels that way. They dumped a lot of money into him. So you hope that he gets healthy and he stays healthy. All right, Greg, let's move on on the offense. A lot of people talking about Nikhil Harry, what he's done at camp so far. Is there a legit reason to be excited by what you've seen? Yes, but we're kind of grading on a curve, Nick. Uh, He's a guy that uh, we didn't see much of out of the first two seasons. Um, First round pick for, I mean, first round pick, 32nd overall which is really a second-round talent. But in any event, uh, you know, he, he, he's he gotten off to a really good start. He's doing what you expect him to do, what the Patriots drafted him to do, which is be physical, back shoulder, uh, you know, bully guys, run after the catch. You see more and more of that. And I, I think I remember you and I talking in minicamp where a lot of people were dumping on Nikhil Harry, and I was like, I kind of like what I've seen out of him, especially after the catch. He looks a little bit quick and um, that's continued now. However, 
there's a big caveat with this is that in the past couple of team practices and team drills, 11 on 11s, uh, he's kind of disappeared. He's not getting the ball. He's not getting targets. This is what you're afraid of with Nikhil Harry. So he was doing a really nice job. I don't understand what the disconnect is now. Perhaps it's about him not being able to get open uh, with consistency or quickly. And some of the some of the, the the quarterbacks are backing off. But I thought he did a really nice job when Aguilar was out of practice for whatever reason. Nikhil Harry stepped in, had a good practice that day, and then sort of it's been quiet ever since. He's gonna he he needs to keep rising his level, or uh, he, you know he's gonna be back to just having a so-so role in this team. Yeah, you and I both believe he can be a productive player on a team. It's just do they play him in the right spot? Uh, can he get open consistently? Do they trust him to throw at him with, you know, a, a contested catch up in the air some sometimes? And do you, do you trust him in the red zone? That's really what it comes down to. I mean, relatively speaking, I think both of us believe he could be productive, not maybe as much as people thought he was going to be, but we'll see. It's all about consistency. And as you said, can he keep that trajectory going as camp goes on and the preseason goes on? We'll have to wait uh, and, and see how all of that gets figured out down the road. All right, let's get to the quarterback play. Of course, everybody's talking about the quarterbacks. How are you feeling about the QB play since week one of camp, Greg? Pretty solid. I like what I've seen, Nick, out of both guys. Um, I mean, I was thinking this the other day where they did, really didn't have their first meaningful camp practice, and I know you and I talked about it when I when I said they haven't done jack squat, and some people <laughs> out there, some overly sensitive radio people out there, who don't like criticism instead of just answering back at criticism, uh, poke fun at people. Uh, we're saying things like, Oh, it feels like Mac Jones is being lapped or Mac Jones might be a bust. And I told you at that time, they hadn't done Jack squat in practice yet. It wasn't real training camp. No matter how many stats people are throwing out there, it wasn't real. Right. It was a buildup. And we finally, trying to think what day it is now it was so sunday it was monday monday's practice was the first real training camp practice where you had you had skill development then they worked against cards for washington or possibly for miami in the season opener where they literally hold up cards for the offense or the defense to run scout team plays and then they got into real game situations where mac uh cam newton was given a drive with the ones against the one defense, or at least basically they go because those drives last about 10, 12 plays. So they swap out the offensive line and some of the defensive line after about half the plays. So that was the first significant drill. And here's what's really significant, Nick, to me, and it looked purposeful. And to me, it tells me there is definitely at least, at least Bill Belichick is leaving the door open for a quarterback competition. And that is, so they came out and they each got drives. Started about the 25-yard line. They get about 10 plays. Cam Newton came out with the ones, then they swap out. Now, normally, if it's a situation where you have a starter and a backup, then the backup comes out with the twos right after that. What happened in this Patriots practice? Brian Hoyer came out with the threes and had a drive. And that left time for all the starters to rest, get their proper rest, hydration, 
Then once Hoyer's group was done, then Mac Jones came out with the ones against the one defense. That is significant. It's very significant. And then later on in practice, they did two-minute drill. First time we've seen it full, the full action, two-minute drill, where Cam Newton was with the ones against the ones. Mac Jones was with the twos against the twos. Mac Jones did a better job. But though, <laughs> I, I, I'm just telling you this because that's like in a normal year, that's like day three of training camp practice. Right, yep. Now it's day 11 that they're doing it on. So it's just the, the the timing on everything is just so far off. But all those people who were, you know, listening to some people who were clutching their pearls and all worried about this and that, just, you know, take it easy, calm down. Relax. The real competition didn't start till this past weekend. And is there time for Mac Jones? I don't know. I just. We'll have to see what the Thursday night preseason game will be a big indicator. And then the joint practices. But finally, we got the significant quarterback play and Mac Jones played better. All right. So the, the first week or so of camp was kind of just the guys out there. I mean, you saw it down in Houston, Houston. I, I don't know what they're doing with Deshaun Watson. They actually had him messing around at safety through the first couple of days. I mean, I, I think the entire NFL knows that the early camp process is completely different now than what it used to be. With all of that said, you just kind of mentioned Mac Jones playing a little bit better. I know in your notes, I was looking over some of the notes, and you said that he is coming on, quote-unquote. Your thoughts on his progression and what you've seen as of late from the rookie? I think it's been – I'm trying to think of the right term. I don't want to say great. I think it's been very good. It's been pleasing – if you know you're looking for a guy to fully operate this Patriots offense, now I think I think Cam's done a fine job, and I think he's the starter right now. We'll see what happens, but I do think that Mac Jones, uh, look, he was it was sort of baptism by fire uh, in that I think the Patriots maybe didn't get to some of their red zone stuff in the spring. They started to finish the install there uh, very early in camp, and that was a tough chore for all the quarterbacks, especially Mac as a rookie going against the Patriots defense in the red zone. And so he had times where he struggled, but since that time, since they really started to move forward with the offense, with the passing offense, Max looked really steady. Uh, he's done a really nice job. Sometimes he hangs, hangs onto the ball a little bit too long and I'll be interested to see how he, I think he's going to have some plays, Nick, in the preseason where you're just like, holy cow, this game's too fast for this kid. Or like he doesn't realize how fast these guys are. He thinks he can get away from this guy. And he's really, he's going to have those moments, but he needs to go through them. So he learns from them. Um, I think he's done a really good job uh, of slowly ascending here. It, it, I, I think that he's everything. The Patriots are throwing at him. He's doing the two minute drill. He was in complete command. He was very loud. He was very assertive. He moved very quickly. He had a much better drive and two-minute drive than than Cam Newton did. Uh, I think he's I think he's in a really good spot. And now, to me, you look to see him translate that success into a game. I and then that will set the stage for what happens in the joint practices with the Eagles and the Giants. And and if Bill Belichick thinks Mac Jones has a chance. And he does. We have like a month until the season opener. Then I think you're going to see him get prominent roles in those joint practices. 
Yeah, I think you and I are ready to be patient for Mac Jones. We understand the rookie quarterback transition, how they have to progress. I don't want to go too far forward here. I don't want to go crazy, good or bad with Mac early on, but it's 2021. So I am totally ready if Mac Jones plays well on Thursday night for the people to go crazy on Twitter. If he plays bad on Thursday night, I'm ready for people to freak out and have dumpster fire gifts all over the place on Twitter. That's the way of the world. You and I trying to be patient with this guy. With all of that said, Max coming on. He's trying to make a little bit of a charge here. As you said, he's been ascending. This is a big period the next couple of weeks. We've got preseason game number one tomorrow night against Washington. Then we have the joint practices. So my question to you, if you're Cam Newton, Greg, what do you have to do to keep your job over the next couple of weeks? I think he needs to be efficient. I think he I think he needs to throw well in the games and you know take care of the ball. I mean, we've seen moments like in that 2-minute drill where you know Cam holds the Cam held the ball for 5.93 seconds before getting set. His last couple plays in that 2-minute drill were he tried to throw a late out to Johnu Smith that was picked off by Adrian Phillips and Cam Cam Newton sort of held his his uh, helmet in his hands. Then he held it for 5.93 seconds and Josh Uche sacked him. That is a lifetime. 5.93. Yeah. From, oh from about the five-yard line, too. Um, so we he can't do any of those plays, Nick, in, in the preseason. He needs to be – he needs to come out and operate the plays that are called, execute them with good timing. And if he does that – and run when needed – if he does that, then I think Bill Belichick is like, all right, with a strong defense and a running game and and weapons that we just would get the ball out of the quarterback's hands, Cam's the right option for me at least to start the season. I feel comfortable with that. Uh, we can stay in games. We can win games. We'll figure out a, win, a way to win games late. But if he comes out and he's not he's not seeing the defense, he's not seeing the progressions, he's holding the ball, he's late, accuracy wanes then all of a sudden i think bill and and what if mac is playing well i think bill's like all right we need to quicken this up with mac because i'm not going through this again with cam it's it's i think thursday night is bigger in my opinion i think it's bigger for newton than it is for mac jones yeah because you feel if mac doesn't play well it's excused it's his first preseason game he's yep. still learning again we talk about progression get ready for a couple of obstacles getting in his way so you can look at that and say yeah okay first preseason game kid got it under his belt let's see what happens the next couple of games if cam goes out there and looks like a disaster then you say to yourself i mean you got a vet here of what 10 years or so former mvp somebody who's trying to keep his job and he looked completely unready and unprepared then yes, I think you do draw more from Cam because he has the resume, he has the track record, and now we have expectations for him as a veteran playing preseason. I mean, you, you got to be good in these games. If you're not good in these games and you had the season you had last year, then yes, we look at it, I think, differently, and we should look at it differently. Speaking of differently, you've kind of mentioned already a couple of times how different this camp has been compared to prior camps. Do you like how Belichick has handled it? Does it make sense to you the way he has handled it up to this point? A little bit. Um, I'm still a little bit disappointed in that, look, I understand the constraints of the rules, but 
do we really need two stadium jog throughs in the first, you know, tw- uh, 12 days of camp? there's not another alternative. I mean, I don't know. Is this Robert Kraft trying to tell Bill, like, look, with the pandemic, and we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen with the Delta variant. Hey, can we get some outdoor stuff that fans can go to and get in the Patriot place? And I don't know. It's The second one was weird. The, the, the one <laughs> last night was weird. That we're back in again, uh, this time for a, for a free practice. They had half the lower two, half the lower bowl sectioned off. I would say of that lower bowl, only it was only half full. I mean, if if this was Tom Brady conducting a practice, it would have been you know people all over the place. Um, not that that matters to me or anything, but look, we understand the constraints. With all right, we couldn't be in pads. So the well. The only constraints that I see in the CBA from there on out is you can't do pads for three consecutive days. Well, I don't think the Patriots have have, have threatened going three consecutive days in pads in like five years. So I'm not all that worried about that. But like, let's get going. Like once you get a chance, like get them in pads, let's go. I, I just wish they'd press the envelope a little bit more in terms of the contact and 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 ramping things up. And And again, like I said, the second in-stadium practice, I don't know what the point is. They have today off, then the preseason game, which is at night. Why You couldn't practice in pads again on Tuesday instead of in the stadium. You couldn't practice in pads and hit each other and then take today off, and then you have the game on, on Thursday night. Um, I just wish they'd press the issue a little bit more. What's interesting to me is how are head coaches across the league going to handle the preseason? And I think you can also put camp into that as well. Last year, you didn't have much of camp at all. You had, what, 10 practices. You had no joint practices. You obviously had no preseason. I don't think the product suffered as bad as I thought it was going to, and I think the product surprised some people within the game of football. And I just wonder if, you know, as far as the early period goes, if coaches are going to be a little bit lighter on the guys, especially if you have, you know, veterans and and guys that have had injury histories, Hunter Henry, yeah, I wonder if a lot of guys around the league that are head coaches are going to say, all right, we don't necessarily have to ramp it up right from the get-go because we saw last year with just 10 practices, no preseason, no joint practices, the product was still pretty good, and we still played pretty well. Yeah. So, you, you know, maybe there's some of that as well. All right, we've got to talk about the preseason opener tomorrow night, but before that, my guy Greg Bedard has to tell me all about the Cuban rounds. And here is the cube. Oh, look at that one, Nikki. I I remembered to bring one with me. Uh, I got to say, so I coach travel softball and our, our season wrapped up this weekend on Sunday. And, you know, I got home from that. We had a good solid season. The girls really improved over the course of the season. And uh, we hung tough with a lot of teams that were older than us and, and more experienced than us. And, uh, got knocked out in the semifinals this weekend against a really good team. Uh, shout out to TJ Dolan and the Dirt Dogs out there uh, from Canton. But, uh, you know, I, I got home and celebrated the end of the season. I busted out a Cuban round, got a beer, went out on the porch. You know, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I just, I, I'm loving life when I'm doing this, whether it's Maine or what have you on my porch. It's a, it's a great way to celebrate. It's a great way to hang out. Uh, you know, it's smooth. It's 
all natural, uh, great packaging. I got the box here too. Like, I mean, look at this, look at this box here. Look at that. I mean, that is not like, you know, drugstore sort of <laughs> cigar. This is a good quality cigar, really right. good packaging, layers of textured flavor, really smooth on the draw. Uh, I can smoke a couple of them at a time. There's a lot of cigars where I'm just like, whoo, man, that is way too strong. I can't do that. Uh, I love, I love these Cuban rounds. They're great. They're, they're great to, to, to carry around and have at the golf course and things like that. It's built on accessible luxury, premium look, as I showed you guys, superior flavors. Uh, you know, look, summer's getting, it's, it's going to be over before you know it, Labor Day and all that. Go out to get yourself some Cuban rounds. Enjoy yourself. Uh, they offer a luxurious experience with a high-quality product at an affordable price. Cuban round cigars is a guilty pleasure without the guilt. And now you can enjoy yourself the right way. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Cuban round cigars. That's Cuban rounds cigars on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And uh, I've already heard from a few of our listeners that they've gone yeah. out and gotten themselves some Cuban rounds. So go get yourself some too. Yeah. I was going to say, I saw some tweets at you last week at Cuban rounds at Cuban rounds, this at Cuban rounds that check them out. Cuban rounds. A uh, great, great cigar. All right, let's get into the uh, preseason game. Numero uno. Of course, we only have three of those this year. Greg, we added a regular season game. We took away a preseason game. I love less preseason games. Uh, yeah. So let's look at this. Washington against the Pats. Now, we start with Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera over the weekend came out and said, I'm going to play my guys. Again, this goes back to what I was just mentioning how head coaches are going to handle the preseason in camp. Matt LaFleur in Green Bay said Aaron Rodgers is not touching the field. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be case by case. Rivera says he's going to play his guys, including Ryan Fitzpatrick. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, I, I think that these coaches realize they have to get themselves some, you know, contact and things like that and, and put them in the situations. It's been a while. They don't know how things are going to go. Um, you don't know when guys are going to get dinged up. So you try to get them to, to go out there and play together. I think a guy like Rivera, and I think I think you could put the Patriots in this category as well, where, you know, Rivera is trying to build a program there with Washington. He got off to a good start in year one. Uh, Belichick's trying to rebuild his program here in New England with a lot of new faces. I don't think any of these guys have earned the right to stand on the sideline and watch preseason games. and the the only way you continue to build a program is guys playing together, being out there. And so I, I don't know how much the Patriots starters are going to play. I think it's a case by case basis. We already saw in practice the other day that look, I don't think Andrews is going to play with whatever. He just had a birth of a son, but also uh, I think he's dealing with a hand injury. Yep. A guy like Trent Brown, I saw get pulled very quickly yesterday. So there are some guys, it's a case by case basis on what's going on, but uh, I think this is a really good work opportunity for the Patriots, especially the offense, because this is a damn good Washington defense uh, with some really talented guys on it, and yep. they're going to be put to the test. Yeah, I think when I look at this matchup, for preseason matchups, I kind of see Greg Bedard looking at these rosters, looking his chop, <laughs> sweating, wiping it from his brow, because what you have is you have a defensive line in Washington, which should be a top five defensive line this year. I mean, they mm -hmm. are. 
stacked, very similar to San Francisco a couple of years ago. They have invested heavily on that defensive line. It has paid off for them. So you've got a top five or so defensive line in Washington, but then you've got the Patriots strength. You mentioned Andrews might be out tomorrow night. You mentioned Brown might not play a ton, but on paper, top five D-line, top five O-line, this is your kind of game, Greg. Oh, man. I, I was just looking <laughs> at the lineups last night, putting this together, and I, yeah, I started I started sweating a little bit. I started uh, I breathing a little heavy, but I mean, Chase Young versus Isaiah Wynn and Montez Sweat against Trent Brown, I mean... For a preseason, I mean, even if we only get like one drive of that, that's worth the price of admission right there. Yeah. And then you got inside, you got the Alabama guys, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen against Awenu and Shaq Mason. Man, I'm hyperventilating. Allen is a like stud. Thinking, yeah, if you haven't he is. Allen play, he's, he's a top three inside guy. And with Kansas City moving, uh, you know, moving. Chris Jones. Chris Jones, thank you. I was thinking Chris Young for some dumb reason. Uh, moving Chris Jones to defensive end, you could argue that Allen is the second best defensive tackle in this league behind Aaron Donald. He he gets pressure consistently. He gets doubled consistently. That cat can play. Chase Young gets the headlines, but Allen does some of the dirty work. Yep. I, I agree with you. That matchup is a lot of fun. Speaking of defensive linemen, uh, Christian Barmore. People seem to be very impressed by him. He has been dinged up. Nelson Aguilar has been kind of in and out of practice the last couple of days. Do you think we see those two guys? And if we see them, how much of them do we see? I think uh, I can't tell exactly what's going on with Aguilar. So maybe it's possible he's out there. But normally, if guys are in and out of practice right before a preseason game, they hold them out. Now, that being said, well, remember a couple of years ago, his, as a rookie, Nikhil Harry was thrown in there while he was dealing with something and was basically lost for half the season. Uh, yep. you know, not smartly in my opinion. Uh, maybe they learned a lesson from that. Aguilar, I'm not sure what's going on. I, we could possibly see him bar more. I don't know. Look on, when he's on the field and he's at full strength, holy cow. Can that guy rush the passer from the interior? I mean, in one-on-one -on -one drills, he's basically unblockable. Uh, you know, that being said, he's only gone against a starter once so far in camp, that was a Wenu, who's just a second-year guy, good second-year guy. I think Barmore beat him, and he's looked really good. He's even gotten some time in base defense with the starters, which is very unusual for a rookie. Uh, that being said, he keeps going in and out of practices, and yeah. uh, I'm sure it's no fault of his own, but I'm just telling you how coaches sort of look at it and just be like, you know, if Jim, if Jim Whalen, the trainer, is in Belichick's ear every other 10 minutes at practice being like, yeah, Barmore's got to sit out. He's got this. Like, Belichick's going to be like, ah, you know, he's just – he's going to be like, you know, forget that kid. We're moving on to somebody else. So, it's important that he stays on the practice field. I don't know what went on at Alabama. I'm not saying that, you know, anything's going on. But he just has to know if Belichick's the one who coined it. Uh, you know, the, uh, what is it? Account uh, availability, availability is the best ability. Yeah. And he needs to stay on the football field because he's yeah. a damn good player. Stay on the football field. It was Parcells, right? That said, can't make the club in the tub. So that, yep. there's another one. Can't make the club in the tub. Uh, all right. So if you're Josh McDaniels, let me pick up my little piece of paper here of notes and put it in front of my face like I'm an OC. 
So tomorrow night, I'm Josh McDaniels. I'm looking at my play sheet. I'm getting things ready. I've got three quarterbacks. We're not too worried about Brian Hoyer or whatever with that guy. But we've got Cam and we've got Mac. How are the QBs deployed tomorrow night if you are Josh McDaniels, Mr. Greg Bedard? I think at the direction of Bill Belichick to sort of um, keep the peace and everything swimming along and not to disrupt anybody or disgruntle anybody. Uh, I'm starting Cam and most of the starters and going about a quarter. Then I'm giving Mac and the backups about a quarter, maybe start the second half and then turn it over to Brian Hoyer for the rest. Uh, I, I think that's a way to keep the peace. I don't know if you you can say at this point in time that Mac Jones has deserved or earned any more than that at this point. Uh, but that might change out of this game, but that's how I would do it. All right, let's do some rapid fire. Christian Wilkerson getting lots of attention. Can he push Nikhil Harry? I think he can a little bit. I like that kid. He's he's uh, he's long. He had a couple drops the other day, but he's been very consistent. He's light on his feet. He knows how to make plays, uh, you know, on, contest on contested catches. He's a really good route runner. That's sort of where he separates from Nikhil. So ultimately, it might just it might be all right. Well, what are the Patriots looking for? Do they still want to try this power wide receiver thing that didn't work with Muhammad Sanu and it's not working with Nikhil Harry, or do they want to go back to sort of a Brandon Lloyd type uh, wide receivers? That's who Wilkerson sort of reminds me of body type and how he plays. Do they want to go back to that? All right, let's stick with wide receivers. Jacoby Myers reportedly getting better as the days go by. What's his ceiling this year, Greg, with everybody else that's been thrown into the mix offensively? Nick, I love Jacoby. I, he, he's, he did get off to a slow start in camp. He's been much better of late. Um, he does show up in all the time in, in the, the meaningful drives in camp, the competitive drives. So that should be important. That being said, I still, I, you know, I, I, I see him ideally as a number four you know, maybe in number three at times. And that's in a two tight end offense where you're really going with the top two most of the time. Um, he's a good solid player to have around. I just don't know how, how much more his ceiling is. All right. And finally, before we get to the member question of the day, is Jonu Smith a better blocker or much better blocker than you anticipated? <laughs> uh He's a much better blocker than I anticipated. Nice. Like the dude, the dude gets after it. He keeps his, I love how he keeps his, uh, his, his rear end, uh, you know, uh, in a good place, nice and low flat back. He keeps, you know, the, the, the feet moving. Like he's got really good technique. He's a lot stronger than I really remember him with the Titans. And I, you know, I wouldn't say he's Gronk or anything like that before his size. And he's a little bit undersized for the tight end position. Uh, the guy can get after it. I'll give him props. All right, let's get to the bostonsportsjournal.com member question of the day. Check him out over at BSJ, $39.99 on the annual plan. Top-notch analysis of all the pro sports in Boston, including the Celtics. I mean, Brad Stevens, woof! He is on a heater this offseason. Uh, and you can look at the hockey stuff, O'Connor as well. Of course, the Bees losing Krejci overseas. That one is a tough one. But all the great analysis at BSJ. And, of course, as a Patriots junkie, like all of you are listening to this podcast, you get video analysis that Bedard does on the coach's film. 
and you get direct access to him in the weekly chats. The weekly chats, that's where we pulled the member question of the day. And so what we have is from Pangalone or Pangeline or Pangaline. Uh, here's the question. And, and it goes off of what you had written and said yep. uh, recently about Nikhil Harry, Greg. You mentioned that you'd like to see Harry report to camp in great physical shape just once. Great in all caps. Really bring the emphasis, baby. And uh, Pangeline, Pangaline, Pangalone, I don't know, uh, asks, this particular criticism of Harry is new to me. Has this ever been mentioned before at BSJ or via any other media outlet? Okay. So I wanted to pull this question as a uh, talking point, but first of all, on, on BSJ and the film, we won't have the coaches film for the preseason, but trust me, if if you're looking for a time to join, now is the time. Now the pre, we're going to have actual footage of preseason games, and I'm going to be breaking that stuff down uh, at BSJ all the time, the day after, day, couple days after the game, uh, giving you stuff you're not going to find anywhere else in terms of what to look for with the Patriots and, and sort of in all the stuff that informs my views on the team Uh, on Nikhil Harry. So uh, I've always thought that personally, like looking at Nikhil, like, look, he's a big, strong guy. It's great. Yeah. He's his body's a little soft and it continued to be soft this year where I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, why Why isn't he trimmed down? Why isn't the body fat a little bit lower? You know, when you're trying to be a wide receiver in the National Football League, that's kind of, you know, par for the course. And I, I don't want to take credit for this thought because – and Pangolin is asking, like, well, where is this coming from? Um, well, I've always thought that. But looking for another outlet that said this, Mike Lombardi, who is uh, – who was plugged in with the Patriots. His son, his son, Mick Lombardi, is the receivers coach of the Patriots. He coaches yep. Nikhil Harry. Now, I'm not saying Nick is telling his dad anything. I don't know. Mick's a really good guy. He's a good coach. Uh, but I just remember Mike Lombardi on his podcast when they talked about Neil, Nikhil Harry's trade requests. He basically said, why don't you try showing up in good shape once and then make a trade request? Like try, try doing all that you're supposed to be doing. And then we could talk about a trade request. That's basically what Mike Lombardi said. And so if you were looking for somebody else as evidence that this is an issue, uh, I think Mike Lombardi's a pretty good source on that stuff. Well, there you have it. Big game tomorrow night for Nikhil Harry. All of them are big for him with where he is right now with this team. Uh, and Greg getting ready with his Cuban rounds to get the Cuban round cigar in his mouth. He's ready to go. Preseason game number one tomorrow night. I know Greg will be back later in the week to recap it. I'm going on vacation for a few days. So uh, all of you that hate me, you will be happy. I will not be on the next podcast. Uh, and uh, you get ready and watch that game tomorrow night. Have some fun. It, it should be. Listen, it's football. Football's always fun. And this year it's a little bit different, I feel like, for Patriots fans because you've got Mac. And I think, you know, there's a reason to watch these games and actually care about them. And that is Mac Jones and see how he progresses and what he looks like by preseason game number three. He's Greg Bedard. I'm Nick Cattles. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. And it's brought to you by our guys and gals at Cuban Rounds.